Hi, and welcome to my podcast. It's Vicky Midwood here, the Addiction and Disordered Eating Eliminator. I am actually here today talking about something really important. And um, on this podcast, Raw Chatter, the stuff that matters, I, for those of you who don't know, I am not going to kind of censor what I say. So I will give a trigger warning now. This might piss some people off. It might rub you up the wrong way. Um, if you've got comments or you want to get in touch with me uh, about what I'm talking about, then absolutely please do. But I just want to kind of, you know, this is my opinion on stuff based upon my experiences uh, of being in the health and wellness world for the last 30 years, but also of living in a family where there has been issues. And, um, and I'll talk about that more shortly. So the title of today's episode is just what is mental health? So why am I talking about that? Well, this week, you will see all over social media and no doubt on the TV and in newspapers, all about the fact that it's Mental Health Awareness Week. And as you know, we've got an amazing royal family in this country who who absolutely champion the causes um, and the charities that support mental health in, in so many sectors. Uh, and it's something that we cannot shy away from and and we shouldn't because it affects so many people but but what actually do we even mean by mental health well basically it's it means that it's a person's condition regarding their psychological and emotional and social well-being right so what does that even mean in simple terms it means how people manage their thoughts their emotions and getting through life with all of the stresses and the anxieties that just living in today's world brings. How do we cope with it? How do we respond to it? How do we react to it? And so when we are talking about mental health awareness, what we're really talking about is, is helping all of us to, I guess, be more community-minded, to be more caring about the people who are in our orbit, who are in our little world. All of us, whether we're going back out to work now after COVID or whether we're still staying at home and looking after loved ones um, uh, and family members, we know that energetically, we're all in different places at different times. We are all energetic beings and our energetic vibe if you like, very much is a clue to our mental wellness. And if you think about it, we use the term quite often, don't we? Oh, I'm not getting a great vibe from that person or I'm not getting a good vibe from that place. And what we mean is the energy feels a little bit low or the energy feels a bit off and it doesn't align with us. Well, it's kind of exactly the same thing. If we get a good vibe or if somewhere that we go to kind of makes us feel excited, then we talk about it having a high vibration. And it's absolutely true. Everything is energy and we vibrate energy. If we're in a state of not being able to manage our emotions and our thoughts very well, then chances are our vibration may be pretty low. And when we've got low mood, we tend to feel lack of motivation, 
it's hard to concentrate on things. Our focus is, is not there. We want to keep on distracting ourselves all of the time. And um, for the clients that I work with, that's often with food or with alcohol or both, um, because it can change how you feel. And energetically, you want to be in a different place. Now, when I'm talking about mental health, I cannot talk about it without connecting it to physical health. And this is where, you know, I might rub some people up the wrong way and you might not agree with what I say. But as I, as I said earlier, this is to do with my experience, the field that I work in, what I've experienced myself personally and what I've seen within my family. So just to give you a little bit of background, for those of you who don't know me, I have been in the health and wellness world for 30 years now, and I had a mum who, she's no longer with us, both my, both my parents are dead now, they weren't together, um, they divorced when I was 14, 15, and that in and of itself had a massive effect on, on how I managed my life, my stresses, um, and I turned to food as a coping mechanism and later alcohol and then both. Hence, I am called the alcohol um, addiction and disordered eating eliminator because it was my story. And I have learned how to help people to overcome the stuff that I have, but in a much quicker and a much more effective and efficient way. And um, I had to struggle to work this stuff out for myself. But my mum was diagnosed as manic depression, manic depressive. She had postnatal depression after me, um, and I was separated from her for for a little while. And when she came back home, she was okay. She modelled through. She managed. Now, uh, for a lot of people, I'm talking. I'm 52 now, so that's 52 years ago, and that was kind of the era where it was kind of get on with it. Thankfully, now we are a little bit more open to the idea that we can talk about this stuff. But do I feel that there is still quite a lot of judgment around us talking about mental health? I'm afraid there is. I, I, would, I would love to say no, there isn't. But there is still a massive part of society that sees mental health as something that you should be able to manage better yourself. Well, here's the thing, we can, right? We can all manage our mental health much, much better than we do if we understand the huge connection between our mental well-being and our physical well-being, and particularly and especially our lifestyle. And there is massive research being done now into brain health, into dementia and Alzheimer's, in terms of lifestyle. We know for a fact there's been tons of research done on the link between depression and bipolar and thyroid issues that have gone undiagnosed. And um, there's a ton of research papers on this. And this is why I'm kind of passionate, but also I get a little bit annoyed and frustrated when I talk to people about this because my mum had a thyroid issue then she actually had part of a thyroid gland removal when she was a little kid. When it came to looking at um, getting any kind of help for what was diagnosed as manic depression and anybody looking at thyroid, it never ever happened. Now I realised this stuff when I got into the field that I'm in now and uh, I realised that I had my own issues. Um, and so I want you to know that 
it doesn't matter who you are and it doesn't matter what age you are we can all suffer from issues with our thinking we can all create stress and some of you may have heard me say this before but stress is created by the thoughts that we think in our own heads about stuff that hasn't even happened yet so we are the creators of our stresses by our thinking but if you have not had a great role model or if you've come from a community or a religion that plants seeds of certain ways of interpreting things of certain ways of thinking of telling you that if you do this you're good and you're going to get rewarded but if you do that you are bad and you're going to get punished in some way and you can see how your interpretation of life could end up being very black and white very perfectionist it could be that you've come from a background where you were taught that you should always put others before yourself and where you should always try and help out where you can and say yes and if you're that kind of person it means that you're very likely are saying yes to more stuff than you can actually mentally and physically manage throughout a day is that going to affect how resilient you are on a mental and physical level yeah absolutely it is so are we in control of our mental health yeah to some extent because you're in control of your lifestyle habits and your lifestyle choices but and then it's a big but a lot of people don't realize this and they certainly do not realize the connection between the circadian rhythm that your body runs on when you wake up when you eat when you go to bed they don't understand the importance of blood sugar balance and how that affects mood and anxiety and how confident and focused we are in ourselves people do not understand that low thyroid function can absolutely manifest and show up as exactly the same as signs for depression that a high thyroid can be the same as mania because for many people a fluctuating high and low thyroid is absolutely manic depression but it's never connected and so i'm not a great fan of somebody being given a mental health diagnosis or a mental illness should i say diagnosis we all have mental health as i've said it right at the start mental health is just our ability to manage our thoughts our emotions and society and how we get through the day and and basically function in this world so we've all got mental health okay but we've all got physical health and that's why i prefer the term just health because your physical well-being affects your mental health your mental health affects your physical well-being and it is absolutely a, a cyclical relationship you cannot separate them because they are all connected by this amazing nerve called your vagus nerve which literally connects your brain to your major organs to your gut and so the food that you choose to eat on a daily basis the way that your liver is functioning and your gallbladder is functioning so therefore how your food gets broken down absorbed and assimilated will absolutely determine the neurotransmitters that are made how your um, lymphatic system is functioning will also determine how well you are doing in terms of methylation and whether you've got estrogen dominance and do those things affect your mental health and your neurotransmitter production absolutely what does that mean in simple terms it affects how you feel psychologically 
And these are physical things brought upon by the foods that you're choosing to, to eat, how well your body is actually breaking them down and using those nutrients. So all of this stuff, when we talk about mental health, we need to look at what is going on from a physical point of view as well. Are there times when we absolutely need to be mindful of somebody's mental well-being? Yes. Think about things like disasters that strike. Think about a tsunami. Think about war. We definitely, we know that there are issues like PTSD that we have to deal with and, and huge trauma that comes along with that. Now, does that affect the brain on a cellular level? Absolutely it does. Cells hold on to trauma and trauma equals stress and stress too much of it will definitely overload us and that's going to affect how we cope on a psychological physiological emotional and social level so if you are somebody who's had a childhood that has had so many lifestyle events that have meant that you've had recurring traumas, maybe you've moved home a number of times, maybe you've moved country a number of times, maybe there was physical violence or you were subject to emotional um, kind of violence in a way that it was you were always expected to do things and always expected to show up uh, and, and you never had time to just be yourself is all of that going to affect how you cope with life on a mental health level yeah absolutely it is all of these things are not necessarily things that we talk about but I'm hoping that when weeks like this come along that it kind of opens the door to being able to say do you know what let's just talk about this stuff that we don't normally and what I wouldn't want all of us to try and do is to, to just let go of the judgment because how we interpret life events is very much determined by our background, the homes that we came from, the communities that we were brought up in, the things that we watched on TV, the things that we read. That leads to our interpretation of, of life and how we should or should not cope with events. And that's an interesting word I use then because a lot of shoulds um, will come into stress and anxiety. You know, if you're shoulding all over the place, then chances are that you're somebody who has much more stress and anxiety in your life than somebody who lets go of all of the shoulds and allows themselves to be and decides what feels good, what feels light to them and what feels heavy. And they ditch the stuff that feels heavy and they do more of the stuff that feels light. Have we got more control of our mental health than we think? Yes, absolutely. Do we need a little bit of help to understand how to manage our thoughts and our emotions? A lot of the time, yes. The people that I work with who have issues with alcohol dependence and with food and body image, absolutely, they need help to understand that a lot of the way that they're thinking and feeling is based upon stuff that's not actually true. It's based upon beliefs that they have held since they were kids. It's based upon stuff that they heard or stuff that was repeated to them often and with authority. And this is what we need to work through. And a lot of the times just talking about this stuff is all that is required. So what can we do in Mental Health Awareness Week? Well, first of all, be aware of your own state of mind, your own physical and mental well-being. How much 
much are you taking care of yourself? How much are you saying yes to stuff that really, truly you want to say no to? Have a little look at that and ask yourself, how helpful is that to me on a mental and physical level if I keep putting myself bottom of the list instead of top? Then take a look at the people around you. If you are noticing that somebody's coming a little bit more withdrawn or is just struggling to be themselves or has changed slightly, maybe you've noticed that they're, they're, they're quieter than normal or they, they're kind of wanting to be more isolated, perhaps you can just reach out, maybe a voice message, uh, and just say, hey, how are you doing? And it's me, do you want to chat at all? That's all you need to do. Please don't pressurize anybody if you think that somebody is struggling. It, it's There is nothing worse, believe me, having been through depression myself when I was in in my anorexic phase of, of my eating disorder. I absolutely wanted to kill myself, and I think I've shared this before on a podcast. You know, I did try three times, um, obviously failed three times, but one of those landed me in a hospital with a deep vein thrombosis for a month, and I wasn't allowed to even put my foot on the floor, get out of bed to go to the bathroom, I had to have a bedpan. It really was not cool. Um, so do I understand what depression feels like and, and just wanting to, to check out of life? Yes, I absolutely do. But was, was it really that I wanted to check out of life, or did I really want to reach out for help? In hindsight, I can say it was actually a way of reaching out for help because I didn't know how to help myself with my food issues and my my crazy body image obsession uh, and there didn't seem to be anybody around who could help me either so in hindsight yeah but but at the time when I was doing it was I absolutely 100% certain that that I wanted the outcome to be that I would not wake up the next day too bloody right I was and when I did wake up that first time I would I just lay staring at the ceiling making no sound but just feeling tears just dripping onto the pillow now that's not a place I wish anybody to be in when I got my Hashimoto's diagnosis finally having paid for blood testing myself to finally find out what the hell was going on was I relieved to get a diagnosis yes I was I'm not a great fan of of diagnoses but I do understand that if you actually know that there is something tangibly wrong with you you can kind of go okay so I'm not broken now what do I need to do to help to sort this out not fix it but to mend it so that I can get through my life and manage things better. And if we have got friends who have got mental health issues, or if you have yourself or somebody in your family does, just remember this, there's nothing wrong with them. They're not broken. Let's let go of the judgment. It's just that some of the wiring is misfiring and they are not perhaps responding in a skillful way because perhaps they don't know how or they've just tried so many times to change things and they're at a loss of what else to do. It may be that it's grief that has not been expressed or felt because they've not given themselves the space to it. And, and I absolutely know that grief is huge when it comes to kicking off any kind of mental health issues, as is you know massive trauma or a change in family circumstances, whether that's a divorce, whether it's a marriage, the birth of a child, all of these things are, are not to be just taken lightly. Yes, some people can take this stuff in their in their stride, but they may, they may crumble at what seems something seemingly insignificant. But then vice versa, other people may really struggle with, with moving house and changing jobs and having kids. And 
do we judge them on that? No, they just don't have the knowledge, the skills, the experience, or perhaps the language inside their own heads to help themselves to deal with it. Are there physical tools that we can use to help manage stress and to help us feel better in a mental space? Absolutely, we know getting outside in fresh air, going for a walk is huge when it comes to lifting our mood and how we feel in us, in our own skin. Being out in nature is one of the best things that we can do. If you can walk barefoot in a forest, that's just like, oh my goodness me, so amazing. For me, when I was in rehab, going on a hike in South Africa up the mountains and just standing at the top there and just looking at these incredible rocks and then the sky and just that massive expanse of the universe was, it was so amazing. I'm, I'm lost for words on, on how I felt because I can vision myself just being back there and just going, I want to stay here forever. I didn't want it to change. I didn't want to, I didn't want to climb back down. I wanted to just stay there and just soak up that moment forever because I just felt so at peace and at one with the world. I had not experienced that when I was going through my alcohol problems or through my eating problems. When people talk about in, in Alcoholics Anonymous um, having serenity, honestly had no clue what that meant. I didn't know what it meant. And and I had to look up a definition of it. And then I had a definition, but I still couldn't just associate with it because I couldn't identify with what it could feel like because I've never, ever experienced it. But on that mountaintop, having hiked up there, that's the first time that I experienced it. Now, I get that same feeling when I'm near water, sea. I love being near the sea, whether it's a beach, quiet beach, or whether it's actually on a boat and just seeing where the the water and where the sky meet and just looking at nature and the surroundings that puts me in that place of, of feeling calm and serene can I do that now with photos absolutely and do I yeah I do so I've learned how to help myself to manage my mental health does it mean that I'm always full of the joys of spring and light and airy absolutely not do I have days when I feel down and low yes but I know that it's not depression I know that it's just a normal low mood and it's probably down to the fact that I didn't get out enough the day before that I didn't move my body enough that I am putting pressure on myself to achieve too much in too short a space of time so being aware of the pressures that you put on yourself is absolutely crucial allowing yourself to sit back and just take stock can really help a lot when it comes to looking after your own mental health and if you are somebody who is managing uh, an office or people who are coming back into an office now, you need to be absolutely mindful of how are they going to cope with this new change in routine? Because if you are a manager of, of a company and you want everybody to come back in and be together again, there is going to be a whole gamut of different emotions and feelings that people will be experiencing. And they need to have someone that they can talk to, or at least a space where they can go in and just have a chat amongst themselves, where they're not going to feel judged, where they can be vulnerable if they feel that they need to be, where they can just share what's going on without them worrying about the fact that it might affect their job. Um, this is serious stuff that, that as, a, as, a, as a manager or as an HR person, you need to really take this on board. 
if you were with kids who were going back to school or if you've had kids who have gone through this whole horrific experience of not sitting their GCSEs and then having the predicted grades and then going on to A-levels and still not having actually taken their, their exams properly yet, that is so stressful. Does that have a knock-on effect or could it potentially when it comes to their mental health later on? Yeah, maybe. So let's talk about this stuff now. See what's happened with with the whole of this COVID situation, we don't actually know, and we can't, because we can't fast forward time, but we don't actually know how it is going to long-term affect people's mental well-being. But I do know that there's gonna be a lot of people who need a lot of help and who will do in the years to come as a knock-on of this whole situation. So is it good that we can start talking about it now? Yes. So how can we help each other? Listen listen to somebody if they feel ready to share how they're feeling without judgment there are no good or bad feelings they are just feelings so please if somebody is talking to you and they're being vulnerable don't interrupt them don't disagree with any feelings right feelings are not there for you to disagree with you just listen feelings just are allow yourself to to just be open to hearing what they have to say and please avoid being a rescuer try not to give them a load of suggestions or tell them that you know you did this and it worked for you or they should do that and pull themselves together or anything like that just be supportive be that safe space be the one who allows the other person to just open up if they need it and conversely you need somebody that you can do that with as well. Now, if you are struggling to find somebody to do that with, I'm very happy to be that person for you. Um, I don't hold judgment. I will just hold space for you if you need it, if you want to cry, if you want to rant and rave, if you want to explain to me that you feel like you're going bonkers, or if you are starting to suffer from stress or anxiety attacks and you've never done it before, if you are now starting to get scared about going back out and, and meeting people and being in, in groups or large groups of people and all of that stuff, or if you are you know that you are trying to manage your thoughts and your feelings with food and or alcohol, then please do get in touch with me. It is vital that you don't try and manage this stuff yourself. And if you have a GP who is, is good at listening and, and who is not going to just jump straight on the, the route of medication, but who will ask questions like, how are you sleeping? What is your diet like? How many outside stresses are you taking on? What is your home life situation like? Uh, how much exercise are you getting? If you've got a GP who's asking you those questions before jumping on asking you to, uh, to take medication, then fantastic. Um, try and make some changes try getting outside for a daily walk try some breathing exercises because most of us are not not great at breathing deep from the belly we tend to be more chest breathers so work on doing some breath work um and you know start laughing right you'd be amazed how you can just lift your mood even if it's for a short time um and try not to live up to a label if you have been given one okay and I'm not going to go into detail on that because that will hack people off. But often 
she says then talking about it, this is what I do. But often people who are given a label of depression, then when I've had conversations with me, they then turn around and tell me what they can't do because they're depressed or they think like this because they're depressed. In other words, they use it as an excuse or a reason to dock out of life and not do stuff that will actually help them. And it may well be that, that the depression that they think they have is not actually anything like as bad because they have just talked themselves into living a life whereby they are living up to that label. And, and if that's something that you suspect you might be doing, there's no shame in it at all, okay? But if you have got an inkling that that's what you've been doing and you want some help to get out of that kind of brain set, then please do have a conversation with me. And I purposely said brain set, not mindset, because when we're talking about mental health, and, and I'm going to leave it on this note, I prefer to think about brain health because our gut and our brain are interlinked and it is parts of our brain that have the thoughts, the emotions, and it is to do with brain function that determines our mental health and our brain function and our gut function along with our vagus nerve are interconnected. So when I'm talking mental and physical health, I'm just talking health. Look at yourself as a whole, how you are living your life, the daily actions that you take, your self-care, the foods that you feed your body, the nutrients that you give yourself, the hydration, all of those stuff, all those things will help you to improve your mental well-being too. I hope this has been helpful and I really do hope that you do reach out for a conversation in complete confidence in a safe space if you feel that's what you need. You can book for a call with me, 15-minute chat on my website which is vickimidwood.com or you can reach out to me on Facebook Messenger or on LinkedIn. Just pop me a message and I will absolutely reply. On that note, have a great week, whatever you get up to. Take care of you. Bye for now.